All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. You hear this? This is my podcast. An hour to two hour long film-based discussion show. You can find this on most podcast platforms absolutely free. You got that? In case you don't get it yet, this week's film of choice is the 1992 cult classic Army of Darkness. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Caleb Bajay. And this is Filmgasm. Welcome to the Film Batgasm Podcast. I can tell I don't think you like that very much. I'm both I'm slightly disgusted. <laughs> I'm no Bruce Campbell. I'm well aware of that. But this one's special, and I wanted to do a little special different thing. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, um, you, you do your you do your thing. I am the just the co-pilot in this. <laughs> we recently saw the long-awaited release of the fifth film in the Evil Dead franchise, if you count the remake, which I do, Evil Dead Rise. So I threw my personal favorite film of the franchise on the schedule, the film that introduced me to the Deadite Scourge and to Ashley J. Williams himself, Army of Darkness. Uh, Caleb, what's your history with Army of Darkness? Not the whole Evil Dead franchise, specifically this film. I just box me in like that. Uh, TV, actually. I remember my dad used to catch this on like USA or something like all the time. And I know at the time as a kid, no knowledge of this being connected to anything, because obviously through a lot of various reasons, it was titled Army of Darkness as opposed to just being Evil Dead 3, even though it is, yeah. Um, which really gets on my nerves when they talk about, like, are they going to do an Army of Darkness 2 or an Evil Dead 4? I'm like, hey, dumb, dumb fucking idiots. It's no matter what, it's Evil Dead 4, like, whatever. Um <laughs> But, you know, so this one would be playing on TV all the time, and I remember I caught it, and I, I remember I caught, like, I didn't even catch the beginning. I came on the scene with the pit. I had tendency to always come out like, the like the worst scenes for me whenever my dad watched something on TV. I was, like, in the pit. I came on the scene with the pit, but, like, I remember watching me like, oh, this is a lot of fun and goofy, and, you know, it's a little scary, but not too scary. And I didn't think too much of the movie until then. I just occasionally see it on TV, and I was, like, this goofy little horror movie. And then it, I rediscovered it as I got into like the franchise proper, and then quickly fell in love with it and its charms and everything about it. So yeah, just a fateful day. My dad was watching on TV, and then you know, kind of was like, "Oh, that, that was a lot of fun." And then when I went through the franchise, I kind of rediscovered it and fell in love with it even more. Nice. Yeah, I was. I, I have a similar uh, similar trajectory with this one. It's. Army of Darkness was my introduction to the Evil Dead franchise because my dad really wanted me to get into horror movies. But at the time, you know, I'd had my issue with evolution, with signs. I didn't like getting scared. I did not like being scared. So I avoided most horror movies because I was like, I don't like that feeling. I don't want to have that happen again. My dad was like, hey, horror movies can be great and they're not all that scary. So he, you know, tried to, you know, guide me in slowly. So Army of Darkness is where he started because this is, Pretty, you know, equal parts comedy and horror. So, you know, when Ash, you know, fell into the pit and, you know, I thought that was hilarious and just the random shit he would say. I was like, this is funny. Are all horror movies like this? 
And uh, no, no, they're not. Um, the sadness would not be like that. <laughs> so I watched the franchise backwards. Uh, I, later on, a few years after that, I watched Evil Dead 2 and I was like, oh, OK, these are this is interesting. Still kind of funny. Then I watched Evil Dead and it freaked me out when uh, that one lady got the uh, pencil in the ankle. That really that really made me uncomfortable. That, dude, that scene still is so painful for me. Every time I watch him, I'm just like, oh, God. Sam Raimi, one of the best directors of micro-budget horror ever. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, Army of Darkness has been one of my like top ten favorite films of all time ever since I first saw it. I had, I've had i owned every version of this. I had it on tape. I had the director's cut DVD. I had the Screwhead Edition Blu-ray. Now I've got the like Shout Factory deluxe set that's got all the versions. Mm. And it's just hilarious. It's fun. It's Bruce Campbell's finest hour, as far as I'm concerned. Like, this is the Ash that we all remember and love. Just dickhead Ash fighting his way through hordes of the dead because they're in his way. There's no saving the world involved with Ash Williams. He just doesn't want to deal with it, but he has to because it's coming after him. Yeah, well, I think, like, you know, especially if you kind of watch the franchise, you see he becomes the Ash we know by the time we get to this movie. Like, he... Obviously, you see elements of an Evil Dead too, and a lot of people say he's, you know, he's kind of like starting to snap. Um, one of my favorite moments always when he just says like the laughing, that's the like, cabin's laughing at him. It's one of the best moments. Um, <laughs> but you really see him become like Ash as we know and love in this film, which would get carried over in Ash versus Evil Dead, and the kind of take they want to do with the character then. Um, so yeah, I mean. Especially when people are like, oh man, like he must have been like this in all the movies. I'm like, no, if you actually watch the first movie, he's a damn near a background character until like the, the last act of the film. He's a coward because you know, when your friends start getting possessed by ancient demons and killing one another, that's gonna be your natural reaction is oh my god, what the hell's happening? <laughs> it takes a few more times of that for Ash to be like, God damn it, this again. <laughs> Which is yeah, I love that. You know, the more your friends keep getting possessed. The more girlfriends you kill, the more it's going to desensitize you. Yeah, and to the point where you start out the show getting drunk, high, and screwing a chick, and then trying to impress this chick, you already screwed by reading from the Book of the Dead. If I recall the events of the premiere of Ash vs. Evil Dead correctly. You do. You recall correctly. Because I remember at the time thinking, Really? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I know. I remember watching and going like, and I, I mean that in the best possible way. It's, it's the most Ash Williams way that this was going to happen. I just remember thinking like, dude, you already fucked her. Why are you trying to impress her? You've you've already done it. Yeah. The events of every single movie that he's in are his fault. He's the one who presses play on Nobi's translation. He's the guy who doesn't say the words right. He's the guy who gets high and reads from the book. It. Yeah. It's all him putting his own, you know, shit back in the bottle here. Technically, he is uh, the cause for Evil Dead Rise. For anyone who didn't catch his cameo, I didn't catch his cameo. Listen to the voice in the recording. I I thought that was somebody. I did not think was that Bruce. Mm-hmm. God damn it! I was look. I was scouring that whole damn movie for a cameo. I was I was really disappointed we didn't get one. We fucking did, and I didn't catch it. Oh damn! Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. So. There you go. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and assume he was responsible for the events of the remake, too, somehow. <laughs> Wouldn't want to leave anyone out here. 
Right. Hey, you know what? I'll find out. I have that nice, like, the Screen Factory release as an memory cut. Maybe there's some stuff that they, uh, they cut out. He's Mia's dealer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Something like that. It's like, hey, sugar, hey, baby, want some sugar? <laughs> right there. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, it, these movies are great. It's we've often talked about how Evil Dead might be horror's only flawless franchise, where it's just you know a great original run, a really good TV show, a good remake, and even a good reboot. It's like no other horror franchise has that consistently. Uh, this is one of those um, franchises where there's not a bad batch like it doesn't happen often there's not a single bad batch um the point where it comes to ranking them like if anyone's like why is that one last it's kind of like what i said about john wake every single one of these films i love and i go back to and revisit yeah one has to be last and we will get to that at the end of the show so we got the whole episode to re to think that through and rethink that through you know our our decisions might change between here and then it's that it's that tight it's that close um but yeah, let's do it. Uh, so to start things out, my question to you. Evil Dead is, you know, to many, one of the scariest horror franchises ever. To others, one of the funniest horror franchises ever. And I'm just curious whether you think Evil Dead works better as straight horror or as horror comedy. In the hands of our director, straight horror. In the hands of Raimi, I think Evil Dead 2 is the pinnacle of what it should have been. Um, the perfect balance. Um, but for the most part, and you guys will kind of see it reflect in my ranking, I am such a fan when they go straight horror and go for the chocolate with these films and just let it be a fucking gore fest. I love gore. Anyone who knows me when it comes to horror, I love I love gore. I, I fucking I need it. Um so for me, like these films, like when I, you know, especially for these past two ones, the 2013 one, and obviously the most recent release, Evil Dead Rise, I mean, promise these like just insane overtop gore fest. I get fucking excited. I, I I love it. I love it so much. And it to me, it makes sense with how these demons are. They like to fuck with people, you know, for them, as we've seen through all, all of it, and even to an extent, Army of Darkness. Yes, Army of Darkness goes a lot goofier, obviously, but you can still see it. They like to them doing the things they do to the human their human hosts and to the human beings are fucking going through this it's fun for them you know it's like how they play so it it you know and oddly enough these films for as hard they can go sometimes with the going the horror they still know how to be fun you know like it would have 2013 like it goes hard in the paint for like gore and just being unrelenting but it's so fun to watch with the right group of people at the same time Oddly enough, I'll never forget when I saw that on like an opening night with a packed theater and like the fun I had with the audience that night. So yeah, I'm I'm all about like them going for the juggler with with the Evil Dead franchise. Yeah, I kind of figured that. I'm more on the other side. I I like a good horror comedy is is tough to beat because that finding that grit that balance really can create some great movies. And Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness and the show all have that balance because Ramey and Campbell have never second guessed what they're doing. They know what this franchise is to them. They know what this character is best at. And that is sarcastic, you know, bullshit. (laughs) 
Uh, and I think it's just, you know, when it's Campbell and Raimi, I want some more, you know, I want some comedy in there, but I agree with you that when it's other directors trying their hand at this franchise, I think it's just, it's safer to go a little more hardcore, give us more traditional horror. Cause that Raimi Campbell vibe is, you know, is special. It's unique. No other, no one else can make that except Raimi and Campbell, obviously. No. If anyone's going to try, it's going to come off as insincere. If they ever recasted Ash, there'd be riots in the streets. And it was almost riots in the streets when they announced the 2013 Evil Dead, and people thought, oh shit, they're going to recast Ash. I remember. And they were like, no, no, no. <laughs> it... So thankfully, you know, in terms of, you know, video games, movies, TV, no one has ever played Ash Williams but Bruce Campbell. And yeah. well, people stay that way. I think what helps big time is that, like, you know, it obviously you know gets overshadowed by the celebrity status of Bruce Campbell, um, and Sam Raimi being a you know a working director in Hollywood. But Raimi and Campbell are best friends; like they're very good friends, and that I think is also what helps this work so well. When it comes to like when they tackle Evil Dead, is that they're friends in real life, and they've maintained that friendship through all the years. Like if you ever hear Campbell in interviews, he has nothing but the kindest things to say to Raimi, and um. So you can tell they still have a very strong friendship, um, you know, in, in private. That's yeah, obviously. Classic this. I mean, who would have thought that their like student film in 1981 would turn into such a multi-million dollar global horror multimedia franchise? It's just that's that's awesome. <laughs> I doubt they thought they thought how oh, Camel loves to joke about Raimi directing Marvel movies. He's like, Yeah, Sam's just over there doing big shot superhero movies now (laughs) (laughs) it's cool i love that you know i love that even in big budget stuff like spider-man and dr strange too you still feel Raimi's style like he hasn't lost that yeah that's just great i was listening uh rob tapper the third person fellow involved with this franchise it's kind of like the quiet behind the scenes producer and Sam Raimi would do an interview for like the anniversary or something of Army of Darkness. And um he mentioned when they were producing that they actually were like producers on that film. And they had a hand like Rain Raimi and they're like, hey Sam, we don't have the money to do that. We can't do it for this movie. And they mentioned that what he does is he goes, All right, and then he saves it for future films. So he just takes all the ideals that he gets told no to. He's like, How can I use it on my next movie? And, you know, now we get signature Ramiisms, and, you know, even his mainstream stuff. That is delightful. I love that. Every filmmaker should do that. If you can't afford it now, you know, put it in the pocket and do it later. That's that's great. That's a great work ethic. Yeah. And it also explains some shit in some of his movies. It's like, oh, okay. I bet, he, you know, in 81, he was like, wouldn't it be great if we traveled back in time? And Campbell's like, shut the fuck up. We can barely afford fake blood. Sam, what are you talking about? Travel through time. He's like, okay. I won't forget that. And he like puts it in a notebook, travel through time. <laughs> 10 years later, he's like, hey, guess what we're doing? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, oh. yeah they, they talked about that. There was apparently a lot of shit he wanted to do because, you know, Armory Darkness was his big budget Evil Dead movie. And he was like, oh, we can do this. And Sam had to be like, or Bruce Cameron would be like, Sam, we can't afford that. You, you, need, to, you need to put that in the back pocket. <laughs> I bet when like Sony gave him like, you know, 90 100 million however many however much spider-man was sam was just lighting up like a goddamn christmas tree like oh finally <laughs> nothing is <Yeah>. off limits. 
I think even Ivan has to, you know, his brother Ivan Raimi has to bring him in sometimes and would have to like back up Bruce Campbell and be like, yeah, listen to Bruce Sam on this one. Just picturing, I'm picturing that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when uh, Peter Quill learns he's a god and he's like, I'm going to make some weird shit. Like, that's that's what I feel like Sam was like when he got the check for, for Spider-Man. He's like, oh, boy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, let's talk about how Army of Darkness came about. Uh, this is the third film in Sam Raimi's Evil Dead franchise behind 1981's The Evil Dead and 1987's Evil Dead 2. In fact, you can splice all three films together fairly seamlessly to make one long-ass movie, which fans have done. Yeah. Because cut it up a little bit, and you've got the saga of Ash Williams. Yeah, because for those of you, especially if you've seen like the first film and then watched the sequel, and you're like, why does he go to the cabin again? Well... Get into the basic because that's a whole other podcast right there on that on Evil Dead 2. Basically, they didn't have the rights to the first movie, so they had to refilm in the first five minutes the first movie, which means the first five minutes of Evil Dead 2 are, are yes, a remake or essentially a recap of what went down, and then the rest of it's the sequel. So, when everyone has that, it's like Evil Dead 2 is a remake. I'm like, no, it Bruce Campbell himself has said, oh, they had a rights issue that happened or they lost something, like something happened. So they had to hurry up and like essentially refilm the first five minutes in the first five minutes, a recap and then sequel. I mean, think of, you know, the franchise's three separate films. Ash is no genius. He's not, you know, he's not a brilliant man. But he would not just go back to the cabin with a new girl after the events of the first movie. and Be like, hey, you know, second time's a charm. It wouldn't happen twice. <laughs> That's not what happened. No. There's literally a real life boring ass hands were tied scenario. I love there's people who legitimately thought that like, why would he do that? Like the first time I saw these movies, even I was like with no context of production, just like, oh, okay. I I figured it out immediately. Yeah. I figured it out because I've watched plenty of 80s fucking horror films where they do that in their franchises. Like Friday 13th, dear God, as much as I love it, the first like four or five films are like, and what and last year on Friday the 13th part two, this is what went down. And it's like 10 minutes of fucking recap. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're only an hour and a half. Yeah, it's part of that desire to have, you know, every franchise piece kind of stand on its own, which can be done, but doesn't have to be every time. Sometimes when a movie has part two in the title, it's not on you to <laughs> reinforce a watch of part one. It's up to the viewer. Yeah, like, look, man, the people paying, for, like, God, can you imagine if you're like going in to go see like Saw Five and like previously on Saw Four, like, no, yeah, no shit, I'm paying for the fifth one because I saw the fourth one and liked it and wouldn't see the new one. That's your audience for sequels. Like, I hate pandering to the guy who goes to see Saw Five and is like, I don't even know who these people are. I don't even know what's going on. Like, what was there something I missed? And like, yeah, one through four, go watch them and come back. It's not yeah. it's not Twisted Pictures' job. To recap the first few movies for you. <laughs> That's on you, buddy. That'd be so infuriating if every single time you saw a sequel, they spend like a couple, you know, 10 to 15 to like half an hour recapping the highlights of the previous films. God. And look, like, look, don't even, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like forgiving what like the 80s films and stuff. Cause I'm like, okay, well, home video wasn't quite what it was like it is now. On internet. That's true. That's and true. I get it. 
And I was like, and I and I get it. I understand, but man, dear God, I wish they had like the ability to look into the future. Because now, when you're like, you know, you have like, you know, the the box sets and stuff, you're like, oh, let me do a marathon. And you're like, oh yeah, that honestly, the first ten minutes of the next phone was always like my chance to go take a bathroom break. Like, <laughs> nope, don't pause because it's just someone repeat shit I literally saw like two minutes ago. So. I would I would love it if they treated it like a TV show. If they had like some announcer go guy go like previously on Saw, and then they went into it, then I'd be okay with. It. Tune in next year. <laughs> to be continued. Oh my god! If they got like the Super Friends guy to do it for every single franchise, I say bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> previously on. <laughs> And Army of Darkness does it too. It spends the first, you know, five minutes telling, you know, Ash telling his story. Like, this is how I ended up in the Middle Ages. Yeah. Me and Linda on the book. It's like, yeah. I think, again, one, the time it came out, and two, because of the weird ass rights with this film and Universal having a hand to play and putting it out. I didn't think about home video, though, being the cause of that. It's like, yeah, when you saw Friday the 13th, you couldn't just go, you know, watch it whenever you wanted you saw it and then it was gone for a year and then you saw friday the 13th too and you're like i kind of remember friday the 13th <laughs> yeah nah, i didn't think about that like that is why they did this yeah they had to be like oh should we gotta especially if you're like at that point on part four you're like do i remember the first three movies was it jackson something <laughs> pollock jackson pollock <laughs> like jackson venter frederick Something like I, I just you kind of know their names. That would piss me off. That would piss you off even more. Yeah. <laughs> we got through and people like fucking point to my tattoos and they're like they point like Leatherface or like Michael and I'm like it's on my arm. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> people praising your tattoos and getting them wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's happened more times than you know. Oh my god. I feel like if they do that. You should be allowed one punch, just one. I mean, they're critiquing a human body at this point. It's like that's what you get. Yeah, it. it I like. I I realize that by pointing this on my arm, I'm trying and to an extent drawing attention to myself. But like, it's to the point where I'm like, please don't say anything. Please don't say anything. Because like, if you point at a part of my body or a part of my arm and you said the wrong goddamn thing, oh, a good deterrent would be to just get Jason's hockey mask tattooed on your face. Like the whole face is the hockey mask. No one will come up to you to ask about the tattoo. This is true. <laughs> uh, okay. So the working title for this movie was such a better title. I mean, army of darkness is not a bad title. It's just, you know, it's why people are sometimes confused that it's part of the evil dead franchise. The original title was medieval dead. I mean, come on. Why didn't Raimi use that? That is perfect. I think he got vetoed is what happened because he was working on a studio. Yeah, god damn it. Let the man work. He he literally pulled the first film out of his ass. Like, just let the man do what he wants. Let the man create art. Medieval Dead. Ah, oh, That's a pretty badass title. I was like... I, I, he revealed that recently, actually. I think that was like revealed like this year. I remember the the revelation. I saw it on IMDb, and I remember thinking, like, yeah, that's brilliant. 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a great title. Like, how dare they? I think I think he did say that like the studio kind of like shot it down. I was like, he fucks. That's a great title. You won't let me have Evil Dead Three. You won't let me have Medieval Dead. Why don't you name it? How about that? <laughs> you name the movie. <laughs> oh wait, we will. Evil Dead Three: Army of Darkness. Are you shitting me right now? How about Ash and Arthur's Excellent Adventure? You know what? It's caught on some of the home video releases, and Shout actually put it on there. And I, I took me a minute. Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness. I know that is so odd. I my uncle has the like the bootleg co- like copy edition that they did, and mm-hmm. that's called Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. And the movie, the opening title, calls it Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. It's so yeah. weird. It threw me off because you know I've had the before this I had the screw edition, so it says Army of Darkness, and you know I got um. I picked up the the Screen Factory Steelbook 4K that has you know like you has all the different editions, so I put it in, and I was like, I happened to look away for a second, and I looked back up, and I saw a verses on the title, and I was like, what the fuck? I put in Army of Darkness, and <laughs> like, what is this? They're not putting Freddy versus Jason, <laughs> and then I looked, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's okay. There are like three different titles. There's like three different versions of this movie, and it's pretty much a roulette. Whatever you get, that's what you're watching. Yeah. But everyone's just kind of cool with that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why you have companies like Screen Factory that are just like, hey, look, here's all of the editions. Have at it. Thank God. Have you ever seen the 2007 movie My Name is Bruce? I've seen bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. That is such a smart movie. I want to do that on the show so bad, but I'm the only one who has a copy. And it's really hard to find. Is it really? Yeah, I can't. I couldn't find it. Like it's not streaming anywhere. I couldn't rent it. But I found a copy at Target like ten years ago. I still have. Huh. It. Okay. Basically, for those of you who don't know this, it's Bruce Campbell. I think directed this. It's a movie about an Evil Dead fan who has an actual demon show up in his town and start fucking things up. So him being a huge fan of Evil Dead, he goes to Bruce Campbell, the actor, for help. And Bruce Campbell is playing a like angry, pissed at his career, going nowhere version of himself who just doesn't give a shit. And this kid kidnaps him and tries to convince him to basically save the town from this evil Chinese demon. It is fucking hysterical. It's got loaded with cameos from all the Evil Dead movies. It's it's a great it's an underrated gem for sure. I recommend checking it out if you can find it. Well, see, I'm looking on Amazon and holy shit, like all of it's out of stock. What the hell? Right? I did. I had no idea. I like found accidental gold when I bought that movie. Yeah. Right. Like what the hell? And it's a DVD. Like I can't find a Blu-ray to save my life. So I'm just happy I got this. So one day when you track down a copy somehow, we will do this. <laughs> one day. Um, the script was, oh, first off, I love this. It actually ties into what you were telling me about Sam Raimi saving all his ideas. A time traveling adventure to the 1300s was supposed to be the plot of Evil Dead 2. <laughs> they couldn't make it work at the time. There was like, they didn't have the budget. They couldn't do what they wanted. So Sam saved it. <laughs> and, um, the title Army of Darkness actually came from producer Erwin Shapiro during the production of Evil Dead 2. So he was like, hey, if we get to go back in time, Army of Darkness, how about that? And Sam Raimi's like, why wouldn't we call it Evil Dead 3? Unaware of the shitstorm he's going to face in a few years. <laughs> I bet that's what happened. He's like, no, Evil Dead 3 or Medieval Dead. How about that? 
And they're like, all right, you don't get to make this decision. Yeah, it. I'm saying it's one of the most aggravating things. Anytime I see people be like, for, before Ash versus Evil Dead when finally came out, you know, materialized, it was, is it going to be Evil Dead Four, Army of Darkness Two? I'm like, how are even the horror sites doing this? Like, guys, no matter what, it's Evil Dead Four. You fucking idiots. What really pissed me off about Ash versus Evil Dead is they weren't allowed to talk about Army of Darkness. The events of that movie had to be completely ignored. Ash couldn't work at S-Mart. They went back yeah. in time, but they weren't allowed to go to the 1300s or anything like that. They couldn't talk about that. I, I, yeah, I think the whole first season they had to avoid it, and they finally cleared it up for season two, and they did finally mention it. But then all we got was like, oh, yeah, I went back in time once. That was it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, and I, it, yeah, the whole rights things with this, this is so weird. And even I remember when I was first like, with the when I was rediscovering the franchise, right, and kind of getting into it proper, you know, and people be like, "Are we in darkness?" That's its own thing. I'm like, "No, guys, it's the third Evil Dead film." And I, I'd be like, I'd be like, "Guys, this is why," and explain what happened. No, like, really? I'm like, yeah, watch the first Evil Dead films. It's the third Evil. Are we in Evil Dead three? It's just they just had to call it Army of Darkness. You remember a couple years ago they released like a Evil Dead box set that had like the first two films and the show, and it, it was like you know the complete Bruce Campbell journey. And I'm like Army of Darkness isn't in there. Yeah, but again, the rights. You're not going to give me Army of Darkness. Like fuck that. This is incomplete. Yeah, but again, the rights thing. I thought about doing it because it has the first two on 4K, and then those only two I don't have on 4K yet. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I would rather just get them all myself than have an incomplete box set. Yeah, which I kind of did. I do have. I have Evil Dead Two on 4K. I don't have the first one on. I have a nice British steel book. I don't want to part with of the Blu-ray. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, the script was written by Sam Raimi and his brother Ivan Raimi. It was a mutual decision between the Raimis and Bruce Campbell to finally get Ash out of the cabin. They were like, "We don't need another cabin in the woods movie. Let's do something different." Which I'm glad because yeah, at this point it would have been like, Ash, why the fuck are you still there? <laughs> Yeah, well, I like how, like, you know, as much as this series is known for being a Cabin in the Woods film, they, and as we kind of saw with the recent installment, they they know that gets, that's going to get stolen. They actively will do what they can to get us out of the cabin into new settings. True, but I do love that each film still has a little bit of Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, there's still that feeling. Even the new ones still have that feeling. Yeah, it's good. Um, they had to reshoot the ending of Evil Dead 2 where Ash lands in the Middle Ages due to a lingering rights issue because, you know, Evil Dead 2 ends with Ash landing in the, in the castle times and shooting a big winged demon thing and becoming the prophesized hero from the Necronomicon. So they had to reshoot that. And I think it looks better in the reshot version. It looked pretty shoddy at the end of Evil Dead 2 because they were, it felt like they weren't committed to the idea yet. It was just kind of like an end tease that might go nowhere. Mm -hmm. So I feel like with more of a budget and more structure, it looks better in Army of Darkness. Yeah. I, I, uh... um, for the film's original ending, I love this. Using a passage from the Necronomicon, the wise man tells Ash to swallow six drops of the potion to return to the present. Unfortunately, due to a distraction by falling rocks, Ash miscalculates the amount of potions, the amount of potion needed to be able to correctly return. He swallows seven drops instead of six. As a result, he wakes up like a thousand years past his own time in a post-apocalyptic future and screams in dismay. He's once again out of time due to his own incompetence. Uh, Universal objected to this climax, feeling it was too negative and depressing in tone, so a more positive and optimistic ending was filmed. 
that became the theatrical ending and Raimi's dystopian ending became the ending of the director's cut. Yeah. It's almost funny how that to them was like too, like, ah, it's too depressing. I'm like, but it fits the character like perfectly. And that was the whole point. I was like, he's not a smart dude. Like this, he would do something like this and fuck it up. Um, his army of darkness proves Ash is his own worst enemy. Yes. So it, it, so, and it kind of sucks that we have never got, I'm hoping maybe with, you know, you know, uh, Bruce Cameron confirmed that, you know, Ivan and Sam Raimi are writing a quote unquote, a Bible for future filmmakers to use to, so we don't have to wait a decade for new evil dead. They can actually in their roads, get one out in like two or three years as opposed to a whole decade. Um, so who knows that, that I don't might hopefully happen one day just by a different filmmaker with, you know, Sam Raimi at the, you know, producer's home to help out. Um, or he might even, you know, direct one. Who knows? Um, but it really sucks that he has been trying so hard to do like this Mad Max meets Evil Dead, which sounds fucking awesome if you ask me. Um, and both with Army of Darkness and then Ash versus Evil Dead, it just doesn't happen. I'm like, can we just please get this version of the Evil Dead, please? I can't believe it's been a decade since the remake. Like, I feel like that just happened. Yeah, because remember, it was a decade of being cocked. by Fede Alvarez. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm very excited for his upcoming Alien film that he's shooting. But Jesus Christ. Decade of like, yeah, guys, you know, we're, we're going to work on Evil Dead 2. We're going to do it. And then put in the poll. So you guys, Evil Dead 2 or Don't Breathe 2? And we all unanimously went Evil Dead 2 because where, where are we going with Don't Breathe? Where are we logically going? Because I don't give a fuck where we're going with Don't Breathe. I like the first Don't Breathe quite a bit. I did not need a sequel at all. Like, I felt no reason to revisit this world. And he went, okay, we, re- we, we read you loud and clear. Don't Breathe 2. Huh? Huh? And I'm like, I... dude. I'll never forgive him for that poll. That was such a miscalculation. Did he really think people wanted like, oh, more rapey blind man, please? No, it, it wasn't even more. Well, I say that like a bad thing. It wasn't even more. It was trying to turn this guy into a fucking hero. And that guy, look, what I'm saying is, don't breathe too sucks. All right, trip. Don't breathe too sucks. I love. I actually quite enjoy. Don't breathe. I did not enjoy. Don't breathe too. Um, and all I was like, this is what you want to do instead of fucking Evil Dead Two. Are you shitting me right now? I was like, we could have just gone Evil Dead Two. I'm waiting for the new poll where he's like, I could work on this alien movie or Don't Breathe Three. Huh? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> And then, you know, everyone votes for Alien. He's like, the people have spoken. Don't breathe three, 2025. <laughs> mark, the, mark the date. Save it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so I swear, I, I actually like that. I, I know he's currently filming the Alien film, and I am very excited for it, but I will never. There's a part of me that I'll never forgive him for pulling that shit. It's like, don't cock tease me for like 10 years so. Lee Cronin, thank you for finally getting us a fucking Evil Dead movie and it being profitable. I think it's the only film that actually was successful because Mario is just gobbling the competition. Well, you know, Evil Dead is always, I don't know, trying to do like a gobbling metaphor. All I got is I'll swallow your soul. That's all I got. Look, what we've learned is that Evil Dead's the one thing that was able to hold off 
the power that is Shaq Black singing in a movie. Only two things can survive nuclear war, cockroaches and Evil Dead. <laughs> there will always be another one. It might take a while, but you'll we'll always get more. Hopefully, we won't have to wait as long this time. Based off things Camel have said, has said in interviews, I think that I think they are very aware that fans don't want to wait a decade just for a new installment. Good, it's about time. Uh, Army Darton has ultimately grossed twenty one point five million on a budget of eleven million. So you know, eh, not great. No, Universal really wanted a PG thirteen rating. But even with substantial cuts, Raimi had it stuck with R. Thank God. It's one thing nobody wants. It's a PG-13 Evil Dead movie. Yeah, and it's fine, too, is if you watch the theatrical cut, like, you, I sometimes even forget it's very at all when I watch the theatrical cut. I'm like, it's not that violent. You get one F-bomb, like, they, it's like you tell Raimi was like, if I have to do this, I'm going to do just enough for you fuckers to give me an R rating. I think, you know, Ash bisecting his other self and like you know the the pit bitch and all that i think that's that's the r <laughs> yeah like the the guys were blood that flew out which by the way in 4k wow was that red dear god was that red just in my blu-ray it's like jesus it's like dayglow yeah that and like when um badass like when he's like becomes a general it's like fucking heads in the camera dude the 4k in that moment oh my god <laughs> Oh, that's nice. I might have to splurge and just, I don't want to replace, I like my set, but if, if the 4K has all of that in slightly higher quality, I might as well. Yeah, it's all that, just higher quality. I was it a Best really- Buy today, and I saw it there today for like 20 bucks. That's not bad for that, actually. Yeah, I was like, not today. No. Later, the, not today. Was it the regular or like the still book that I got? Right the exact here? one. Ooh, yeah, it's not bad at all. I mean, look at that still, but look at that. Look at that. that is gorgeous. Yeah, this is purely for your benefit. I honestly not see this right now, but this is purely just for you to look at this. Go to Shout Factory, look up Army of Darkness 4K so you can look at this beautiful steel book. You can mount that as art. That is gorgeous. That is very gorgeous. Army of Darkness has an IMDb score of 7.4, Rotten Tomato score of 69%. That's Painfully low. Uh, Critics consensus reads, some of the evil magic is gone as this trilogy capper dispenses with most of the scares, but Bruce Campbell's hammy charm and Sam Raimi's homage to classic visual effects make for a fun enough adventure. The evil magic is gone, my ass. Well, it's almost like they got mad that it got more comedic. I'm like, it's been noticeable that this has become more comedic. Like, the first one was straight up horror. Sequel mixes it very well against why it's my personal favorite of the original bunch. Um, and then this one's just full on comedy. Well, I like you, you need Evil Dead 2 to be the bridge. If they just went from like the hardcore freakiness of Evil Dead to just a you know slapstick adventure with Army of Darkness, then I could understand the disconnect. But you've got Evil Dead 2 as the best of both worlds bridge. So they, you know, why are you disappointed? Yeah. It- it's like they just can't be happy. Critics just can't be happy. They can't. We've seen that time and time again. Whatever they get, they wanted the opposite. And when they get that, they're like, well, why didn't you consider that thing I didn't want before? Yeah. Oh. Until, until Oscar season. And then all of a sudden they're just like, God, what a masterpiece of cinema. And you're like, oh, my God. All film critics are like a crazy ex-girlfriend who you just could not please. 
And, you know, eventually you have the like, I'm trying, damn it. I'm trying. What do you want for me? You know, fight. <laughs> and then the Oscar seasons, it's like the really good makeup sex that keeps you two in that toxic ass relationship. Oscar season is when she's finally back on her meds and you're just like, things are okay. And then, you know, February, March roll around and all of a sudden she can't get a refill and, you know, crazy starts rearing, rearing its ugly head again. <laughs> That's fucked up, but you know what? I'm standing by it. I like it. The film remains a beloved cult classic, yet another great entry in what may just be horror's only flawless franchise, and there's nothing wrong with that. So with that, let's give this film some, some much-deserved awards. We have the Quentin Tarantino Award for the best line of the film, the Thomas Newman Award for the best music moment of the film, the Philip Seymour Hoffman Award for the best performance, and the John Carpenter Award for the best scene. So let's start with the Tarantino, the best line. What do you got? There are some great, great dialogue moments in this movie. Look, this was really hard because um, I was trying hard just not to pick something that everyone knows, but those lines are so good. <laughs> That I was like, fuck, I'm just picking one, pick one of the real known ones. I can't help myself. I, I did almost put it, get the fuck out of my face because I was just like, it's a quick line that's just so funny and out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. What I ultimately went with was when he is being uh, fed by the beautiful ladies, and the one lady comes up to him, our main fem- uh, female protagonist comes up to him, and he says, First, you want to kill me. Now you want to kiss me, blow. <laughs> Don't forget this the spitting of the of the great yeah. first. Yeah, he doesn't say blow me, he goes blow and spits out the fucking grape. I always took I didn't take that as like a sexual advance. I took that as get the fuck away from me. Yeah. <laughs> like blow, beat it. <laughs> yeah. I do oh. love that. It's just yeah. Ash does not forgive and he does not forget. You're gonna throw a rock at his head. He's gonna feel like the fuck. Yeah, dude, there, there's just so much good shit. I it was like that, and then obviously, good guy, bad guy. I'm the guy with the gun. Like, <laughs> God, he has such great lines in this movie. He does. I, I, I was torn between two scenes. I ultimately went with the one I picked because it's just it's the thing I say most often from this movie. It's when he's being introduced to um, Henry the Red, and Henry's you know describing his. Um, his titles and who he is. And Ash is just like, well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. (laughs) It's just, oh, that's great. It's like, dude, you are a prisoner. Like, you are nothing right now. We're all fucked. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I almost had that one right now. I love that. Um, I I almost went, it's, it's too long, but the scene where Ash reveals the boomstick and threatens everybody. <laughs> Shop smart. Shop yeah, smart. smart. You got that? <laughs> Just so pissed off at these people. <laughs> I love that. I yeah. Love that. I, oh, God, that seems great. <laughs> this <laughs> is my boomstick. And he just goes he's on about it. <laughs> he's describing the, like, you know, he's selling it. Retail yeah. $109.95. You can find this in the sporting goods department. Ridiculous. I love the uh, when he climbs uh, out of the pit and he's like, all right, who wants some? 
Who's next? I like, when, I like when he just points to that guy. You want some? You? Huh? You want a little? <laughs> the guy's just like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's perfect. I mean, a line I, I keep, I hope one day I get to use. Give me some sugar, baby. I mean, oh, hopefully. God. If I do it, it's because I'm I'm being goofy. And yeah. I know it's not going to work in my favor, but fuck it. That's not a line you use at the bar to like to pick someone up. That is, that's in your wedding vows for the one. <laughs> because the one you, the one who will love that is the one you should be with. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it was it was hard. I really tried like thinking outside the box, but like. This is one of those movies where I'm like, God, they gave him some really great dialogue in this movie. One of my all-time favorites is when the um, when the wise man comes up to Ash and tells him, like, we need the Necronomicon to send you back. Only you can go get it. And he's like, oh, come on. Man. I don't want to do this shit. And the one witch lady become, you know, gets possessed and is like, well, we're going to get you. And she starts attacking people. Ash just goes, yo, she bitch. Let's go. <laughs> Fuck. How many uh, badass moments can one person have? <laughs> in one in one movie alone. It's fucking great. Oh God. And then in the ending, in the finale, I love his, you know, reintroduction when that one demon shows up and he's like, Who the hell are you? And he goes, Name's Ash. Housewares. <laughs> Fuck, come on. I like how he says the line, give me some sugar, baby, to the lady at the end. I'm like, God damn it. No, he says, hail to the king, baby. Oh, yeah. Hail to the king, baby. Which is awesome. And I have a shirt that says that because, of course. Yeah. This is, it's so great. It's it's the perfect amount of hammy and awesome. If, it was, if anyone else was saying this shit, I'd be like, oh, this movie sucks. But it's Bruce Campbell. And well, he, he knew how to sell it. Yeah, I believe that he believes he's bad, like how badass he is. Yeah. I'll say it's just because Bruce Cameron knows how to sell these lines. Do you, which to you is the better groovy? When Ash gets the chainsaw hand in two or when he gets the robot hand somehow in three? <laughs> oh, when he gets the chainsaw hand in two. It's my favorite time he says groovy. I got to go with, with, the, with the robot hand. Because at the time, well, I didn't know that was a throwback. I was just like, oh. Groovy, okay. <laughs> Weird thing. <laughs> I love that he just has a working prosthetic hand he made in the Middle Ages, and it's never addressed. Yeah, right. It's not about the show. Up, he gets like a power glove hand that also works, and that's never addressed. Yeah, but also even in the show, like that was like the it, their little reference about having to say anything, and it's never talked about. Like he just has his hand. <laughs> Do we can we even can we even make prosthetics like that that you can no. like work with your mind? <laughs> no, I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, they're trying to do stuff like that, but oh yeah, I know we've know. come close. I know there's a some companies have come close. I remember seeing this one uh, video of a woman using a prosthetic hand to tie her shoe. Like mm-hmm. that was pretty groundbreaking. Yeah, I'm sure with the scary fucking quick advances with AI, we're getting there. But I'm pretty sure you couldn't just, you know, grab whatever's in your trunk in the Middle Ages and just build that in like a half hour. But I don't care. Ash could. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, the Thomas Newman Award, the best music moment. What do you got? This is the Danny Elfman score. Pretty cool. Uh, great moments. Yeah, so the score is really good on this. Like, I mean, this is probably, if you were to pinpoint an Evil Dead score, it'd, it'd be this one, admittedly, of the bunch. Um, the moment in specific that I grabbed was um, when they're getting prepped for, like, the Army of the Dead, when they're, the castle's getting ready, and the score has, like, this nice little, like, homage to, obviously, like, fantasy films back in the day, and, you know, the let's get ready for the fight scene, but there's still that little horror tinge to it, because we're still an Evil Dead film, you know, so... um. And it's yeah. army of dead people were fighting, so it's like it's, it's just a really cool moment with the score. You're talking the montage when like they're built, they're prepping the gunpowder, and Ash is teaching them how to fight. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great, that's a great sequence. Yeah, that that's what I went with. I like again like the homage to like the fancy epics of the day of like okay, we're getting ready to have the big fight, but because it's an in, in its core an Evil Dead film, it's army of dead. There's you can kind of catch it. There's that tinge of like horror. In it because you know they're getting ready to fight the army of the dead for Christ's sakes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I went with immediately after that actually when the dead roll up to the castle and they're they've got their like uh you know their drummers and their flautists like they're you know a medieval army and but they're all bones and it's the it's the same bit of music as the opening titles but this time you've got like you know so skeleton soldiers on bagpipes and shit it's just it's so neat it's so elfman it's so ramey oh yeah perfect it it's so good i had that and then i almost went with when um henry the red and his people show up to back them up it's like triumphant and he's like you know death it reminded me of lord of the rings (laughs) i love i I can see that now yeah I love when, you know, the good guy's overwhelmed. It looks like they're going to lose. And then, holy shit, so many reinforcements are here because of a thing that we talked about earlier. And they're making good on that. And they're going to win. I love that moment in movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, like I said, you know, to Raimi's credit, he took advantage of the budget, especially with Daniel Elfman's score, advantage of the budget. And was like, give me something that's still Evil Dead, right? Still kind of Evil Dead in its core, but a little bit more operatic, a little bit more like this is my fantasy film. This is my epic that I get to make. And you can feel that in the score, and it, it works a lot. It was actually kind of hard, because I'm like, there's a lot of good like moments with the score. For sure. Definitely. It's very triumphant, but also still very much you know, steeped in horror. Doesn't forget its roots. It's a good... It's a good, uh, it's a good mixture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Phil Seymour Hoffman Award. Best performance. Gee, I wonder who's going to get this. Look, this one's obvious. I can't give it to anyone else. It, I'm sure you put the, some down the same name. It's Bruce fucking Campbell. Like, oh, I love, you know, M. Beth Davids is great. Ian Abercrombie is great. The guy who plays Arthur and Henry, they're great. But this is Bruce Campbell's finest hours. For exactly yeah, like, look, between uh, Evil Dead 2 and this one, this is like, this is Ash. This is Ash. And this is why we fell in love with the character. And this is why he's become such a... um a scream king, if you will. That I know that's a term that gets thrown around sometimes for the, the male icons of the horror genre. Um yeah, and you know, it 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 makes sense here. It's like, yes, this is someone that like as it's, he found a way to make someone that I feel like in real life you would hate <laughs> in real life. You would be like, fuck this guy <laughs> so much. Um 
but he found a way to make him so likable, so lovable, and you'd be like, you know what? He's an idiot, but he's our idiot. I love that you point out that in in real life, this this kind of guy would be so insufferable because we kind of see that at the end when Ash is at S Mart telling his story to Ted Ramey, and Ted's just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> just thinks yeah. he's completely full of shit because of course you would if some dude's telling you that he went he time traveled to the Middle Ages and saved a kingdom, you'd be like, go away. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, get out of my face. I'm just trying to get done with my shift so I can go home. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, so Bruce Campbell for both of us. No surprise there. Uh, the Carpenter Award, the best scene. This one is going to be interesting. What is the best scene of the movie for you? Oh, God, I had so many run down. Um, you know, because I look and I love that, like, in so many moments, while Raimi is obviously doing something a lot different with this film but still getting his Ramiisms in there like let's see in the castle and the dead eye attacks and the the camera zooming in and the shaking and like that's all just per Raimi at his finest but the scene that I had to put because it, it always stuck with me when I first saw this on TV as a kid and I thought it was a hilarious scene as a kid and it translates now to you know me at the age of 30 but the scene I ended up putting down ultimately was when he gets to the uh the cabin and has to fight the miniature versions of himself it's look, it's not horror at all in this franchise, but it is so slapsticky, goofy, and just what the fuck am I watching that you can't help but laugh? And it leads to one of the most insane fucking moments of like a full grown bad ash coming out of him. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this is the movie we're watching. Um, so yeah, I've always really liked this scene. I think it's a fun scene. Um, Camel just having you can just really giving his all in this scene. And giving us some of that physical comedy, he's you know he's he was really good at back in the day. Not saying he's not so good, but obviously he'll say it himself. He's not in the shape he used to be to do the physical comedy. Um, you definitely got to watch the director's cut because one of the biggest changes is Ramy has this scene a lot lengthier, and there's a lot more crazy, wacky moments that happen between Ash and the little the little guys. Oh yeah. Um, one thing I do real quick before I say mine, I don't think Bruce Campbell gets enough credit for his dual performance in this movie as not just Ash, but also as bad Ash. Like under all that makeup, that's Bruce Campbell. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. nobody ever talks about that. He does such a great job as the bad guy of this movie too. Yeah. People forget about that. Like I'm like, he's actually playing bad Ash. Like I don't think he's ever really got enough credit for his physical physicality back in his day. I think so many people just know. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of his mainstream credit was because of Burn Nerdist, and I'm not saying anything bad on that show. But I know, like, for example, that's how my mom knew about him because she watched that show. And he's in it. Um, but, you know, and he, he'll admit it. He's not in the shape he used to be to do that stuff. But, man, back in the day, the, the physical stuff, especially if you got Watch Evil Dead too, the physical stuff he could do was impressive. Oh, yeah. And this one, you know, he's he's doing sword fights. He's falling down hills. He's... Yeah, he's flipping around, doing all sorts of shit. <laughs> um, the scene I went with is the scene that made me fall in love with the Evil Dead franchise at a very young age, and that is the pit. That's I had that one, dude. That's such a good scene. Just from the get go, you know, you first that that one dude does the like worst fake jump I've ever seen in my life, jumping into the pit. He's like supposed to be pushed, but he like does this little hop. <laughs> I just loved how horrible. Like, there was no second take on that, but um, no. that guy falls in. He like explodes in a geyser of blood. Everyone's like, "What the fuck?" 
then ash gets tossed in and you're like what what's down there and then that lady pops out of nowhere starts punching him and when i was a kid i was like what the hell's going on right now <laughs> is this a demon a zombie why is it punching him what's going what is this and yeah i love you know when when the wise man throws down the chainsaw and he like leaps into the air catches it perfectly <laughs> it's so over the top dude it it's over top and you know it's one of the few instances where this song kind of embraces horror for a quick second when they're in the pit and that thing comes out um but yeah it's like it's like again Raimi just knows how to mix zany over the top like three stooges type of humor because that's what he's into yeah. with these horror elements and it's just it's all you know encapsulated perfectly in this pit scene well, I love that the pit bitch, as it's called, not the first lady, but like the weird freaky creature that comes out of the wall. That was not supposed to be in the movie. That was Raimi turned that down. The the effects the effects people created this thing, showed it to Raimi, and Raimi was like, I don't know. Might be too much. Raimi didn't know there was a guy in the costume. And the guy went, ah, and scared the shit out of Raimi. And he was immediately like, it's in the movie. Holy shit, it's in the movie. Because <laughs> it freaked him out. He's like, okay. You win. I love that. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's cool. My favorite moment of the pit scene by far is when Ash takes off his belt and just like whips it upward and it like, you know, catches onto the chain immediately. Yes. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, <laughs> like, dude. Which noise they added. <laughs> I like when he gets out of the pit and like he's having that big speech and he just like shoots the fucking thing because apparently that demon had no issues getting out of the pit. I'm like, that thing should have attacked y'all a long time ago. If it can get out of the pit that easy. It got crushed by spike walls and it still climbed out of there. <laughs> yeah. I love Ash. You know, the next one of you primates even touches me. <laughs> I wonder, like, what was he about to do if that thing hadn't come out of the, out of the ground? Who else was going to get shot if that thing hadn't climbed? Someone was about to. He, that was a man that was done. I love when, uh, real quick, just when he, when he climbs out and he's like, I need to hit something. He tells Arthur, You know, your shoelace is untied. <laughs> just waits for him to look down so we can punch him. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, other scenes I considered uh, the fight between Ash and Bad Ash in the mm-hmm. castle when Bad Ash becomes you know burns up re- climbs back over the wall as a skeleton Great. yeah i considered um the the book scene when he forgets the words like oh. that scene is so fucking great <laughs> again like Raimi's just it's so good with like that kind of zany comedy and this scene's another case of it like i love when he's like he deflects the hands and he's like haha and they all just fucking grab him <laughs> i love the like initial screams like ah Ah, ah, ah. Like from every direction, punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when he gets like sucked in the one, he's like, okay, so not that one again. When he comes out and his like face is like two feet long, he's just yeah. like, <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is? I love this movie. Yeah, I just love how like the Deadites is at this point. They're like, we're not even gonna try to kill this guy. We're just gonna keep fucking with him. The, the like flying book that like chomps on him like it's some like say, bird. So remember what I told you about Able to Drive and what they said. Mm-hmm. All three books, right? If yeah. you know, watching it, that's the book that bites him. And what kind of book was an Evil Dead Rise? Oh my god! 
I didn't. Wow, I didn't even make that connection. That is crazy. Uh huh. <laughs> Who's? Gonna, I want to see the whole book come back. <laughs> like, how's that gonna work out in a reboot? <laughs> I want like I want the whole book to open and Ash flies out like, oh, <laughs> he's been in there for like twenty years. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. A lot of those are all great moments. I love the uh, the chase scene in the woods with the the camera demon that's in all the movies, whatever you call that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love how close it gets to him, dude. So many times I've always loved those in all the movies. I've loved those scenes and like how unfortunately close they'll get. Yeah, well, it's mm-hmm. it's just a camera on like a certain rack, like moving fast, but it's so cheap, but such an effective shot every single time. Yeah, I remember when I think it was an Ash Receiver Dead. They finally like, briefly showed what everyone sees, and it's like this monstrous like cloud. And I'm like, Jesus! I always laugh when Ash gets in the windmill and he's like up against the door, and this thing's just pounding. And eventually, Ash just snaps and starts screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love the ending when Ash finally gets to prove himself at Smart and show everyone that he's not some you know deluded, cute weirdo. He's he's a fucking hero, is what he is. You get to sh- finally show Ted Raimi what's up. I love that Sam just keeps finding ways to get Ted Raimi into these movies in different ways. One of my favorite moments of the new one was um, Henrietta's Pizza. Oh yeah, come get some. Ah. I was like, ah, I see what they did there. That's nice. That and the whole, you know, dead by dawn and all that. There was oh, I fucking I fucking lost them when they started screaming dead by dawn. I was like, yes. <laughs> ah. Cool. All right. Army Darkness. Yeah. Delicious, delicious movie. Would would 100 percent eat again. Okay. Yeah. Groovy. Right? It's fucking it's fucking amazing. I still I've had friends who shall remain nameless. I who I showed this to, and they didn't care for it. Well, they're wrong, aren't they? And I don't understand it. It's like, do you just not enjoy having fun? Like, what? Oh, it's sad. Look, you you know me. When it, I'm, you know, you like what you like. But there's there are some horror films that are just fun that I'm like, and I'm like the ones I'm really into, like the more mainstream ones that people know. That I'm like, if you don't like this, like, who are you? Do you not just like fun? There are certain films I don't like to be, you know, I, I hate gatekeepers. I try not to have that mentality, but there are certain films mm-hmm. that if, if you don't like them, I do question things about you where I'm like, how? Like, yeah. We all know what those movies are. There's certain like Mount Rushmore sacred films that when somebody says, oh, I don't care for that. You're like, okay. My, my first question was like, who hurt you? Yeah, it's like, do I want to continue this conversation or should I just walk away now? Yeah, I'm look. By no means am I. I, I am I am I a gatekeeper? I fucking hate gatekeepers. Um, you know, like you know, like I rolled my eyes so hard when like grown adults were trying to say like, you're not a metalhead if you got into Metallica by watching Stranger Things. Like, oh my fucking god, dude, get over yourself, you four year old fuck. Um. But th- sometimes, like certain comments are said that even like as much like I'm such a movie nerd, I'm just like it kind of stings a little. I'm like, mm. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like it's just like a little like, 
oh, I don't, you know, I like this horror film, but I don't really like some horror films. So I'm going, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I just want to make one thing clear because I know who's going to listen to this. I'm not talking about Star Wars. I get, I get it. If you have, if you don't like Star Wars, I understand. It's it's divisive. I'm talking about like Jaws, Back to the Future, The Shining. We I, all, I we all know these movies. Yeah, I I second Connors. Don't <laughs> don't worry, fellow filmgasm co- podcaster. <laughs> Take my advice. Don't ever be a gatekeeper. Be a keymaster. Yeah, don't 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 be a gatekeeper. Don't don't be a gatekeeper. Don't get mad that like people are getting into Metallica off a TV show, off a very successful TV show. Why do you care? It has nothing to do with your love of Metallica. So just listen to Metallica and shut the fuck up. Yeah, guess what? It worked out because they came out with a new album that was pretty good. And guess what? They probably got a boost in fans because of that show that listened to that new album. Whoa. Before we get into our next segment, I do just want to point out that I have met Bruce Campbell on three separate times, and he is every bit the class act awesome gentleman you would expect him to be. I'll never forget when I know one of the times was you and me met him, and I'll never forget that one guy when the first off he waited for the entire line to die down. And then when he was leaving, that one guy ran up to him and was like, Mr. Cameron was coming, my brother or whoever, my friend, whatever, whoever was, is on the phone. He's a real big fan of the Evil Dead movies. And instead of like shooting the guy away, he took the phone, and went, "What's his name?" And then went, "Hey," I was like, "John, motherfucker, was hey, it's Bruce Campbell," and like talked to him on the phone. Like I caught that, and I was like, "Dude, what a fucking!" He could have easily been like, "Dude, get the fuck out, get the fuck out of my face." <laughs> <laughs> I w- if he'd said that to me, I would have been like, "That's from Army of Darkness," and I wouldn't have been mad. Yeah, you know, he he easily could have done that. He easily could have fucking left before the line even was done, but he didn't. He waits till line was on. He took that phone. So they asked him, like, "Hey, what's his name?" Okay, cool. Let me talk to him. Yeah, he's the man. The second time was at a um, a showing of Evil Dead Two in the woods outside Austin, which was such a fucking that was cool. But um, he did a uh, signing line before the movie, and um, I had a um, S Smart employee badge that I got at Comic Con a few years ago, and he signed it and he told me to shop smart, and I was like, ah, I was dying. I was like, he told me to shop smart. Yeah. <laughs> Well, with that, he I give him credit. He will call someone out if he has to. Um, I don't know if you saw it when they did eat, the new Evil Dead was screened at South by Southwest, mm-hmm. and a some jackass when they're trying to do the Q and A yield that was the worst piece of shit or something like that, like worst fucking movie ever. Like loud, you could hear him in the whole audience, and like was thrown out. And finally, like Bruce Campbell goes, "Dude, shut the like straight up to him." Goes, "Shut the fuck up and get out." Bruce Campbell like was like, get the fuck out. We don't care. Get out. Why are you even here, man? Go away. It's a valid point. I mean, why would you go to a QA of that just to shit on the movie? Like what? Yeah. Ugh. And like, dude, I mean the moment Bruce Campbell was that, like the whole audience not was just clapping and cheering because it was like, hell yeah, like Bruce, call his ass out. Come and get the fuck out of here. Ah. Yeah, he's the man, the one and only Ash Williams. And I I hope we haven't seen the last. I, I probably have, but I hope we haven't. In in live action form, he has not ruled out animated form, and they have been kind of cryptic and vague about an animated Evil Dead project. <laughs> I'm just saying they've been very vague about it. He's been kind of vague about that too. So I'm like something in the works that we don't know about. Well, you know, it's. It might, I was talking to somebody earlier today about like you know the Marvel press junkets. It's like, why do we even have those? They can't say shit. 
about these movies. It's a super huge secret. So like, why are we still doing that? So just, you know, obviously if he is doing an Ash project, he's not going to be like, oh yeah, this is what we're doing. This is the secret. This is coming out next week. He's not going to do that. <laughs> so just stop asking him about it. <laughs> yeah. It, unless it's Tom Holland, you might have, he might get the goods if you have him on the press junket. Thankfully though, I've noticed him and Ruffalo now have um, accountability buddies who basically shut their shit down when they start talking about they talk they start talking too much i noticed um on the end game circuit it was cumberbatch who was assigned to holland it was basically kept interrupting holland with anecdotes about something that had nothing to do with the avengers because holland was starting to get too excited and just start spilling shit <laughs> god i mean granted i haven't i'm sure right now they're not worried about pressure because what i've been seeing with marvel has been a lot of um rumors of restructuring and I think they're trying to correct issues they had with phase four. Big time. Oh, you know what? As we've seen with Ant-Man and Eternals, reminds me of a great quote from Mickey Rourke. You can make God bleed. People will cease to believe in him. That's from yep. Iron Man 2. Marvel, the cracks have finally shown, and now everyone is scared. Yep, the cracks have finally shown. There's obviously the stuff going on with Jonathan Major. So. You know where there's no cracks? Evil Dead doing great it's been doing great since 1981 it's been some you know some some uh delays over the years but you know what there was a product eventually and it was good yeah every time <laughs> uh with that let's check it out on letterboxd and see what people are saying on our next segment what's in the box what's in the fucking box Army of Darkness is rocking a 3.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Pretty good. It's a 5 out of 5 for me, hands down. I think I, think I have like a 3.5 of 4. It's up there. Seems low. It's not low. It's like an 8 in my it's book. A, this is a 10. This is not an 8. Go fuck yourself. Hey. You changed, man. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Um, I've got four reviews here for you. Um, I hope they can make you laugh. This first one's from Ciara. Don't know what it was about Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 that made Sam Raimi look back at them and decide the only logical conclusion to the trilogy was to send Ash to 1300 AD to fight a skeleton army, but I absolutely love where his mind was at. Four stars. It is weird. It's like you got two movies of you know a college student fighting demons in the woods. Where do you go for the third movie? Medieval England. Can, that can you elaborate? No. <laughs> and that is how Sam Raimi's mind works, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Most people have a different logical c- conclusion, not him. True. Uh, this next one's from Casey Malone. This was the coolest movie I'd ever seen when I was 13, and it turns out very little has changed in 26 years. Five stars. I'm right there with you, Casey. Yeah. I love this as a kid. I love it even more now. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with her on that one, yeah. <laughs> this one's from uh Hi, I'm not Maverick. I okay. Okay, don't want you to be I don't like either Top Gun movie, so proceed. Maybe you're goose. Uh, I, I stand by my statement, I still don't like either Top Gun movies. This one had me laughing. I never thought about this, but now it's all I can hear. Why do the skeletons sound like Quagmire? Four stars. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just ruined Army of Darkness for you forever. Now you're oh. only going to hear Quagmire as the skeleton. There's a whole lot of giggity giggity goo and him trying to hit on Lois. Oh my god. Oh, I just I love that. This last one's from Steven. Universal trying to bury the Evil Dead franchise with a PG period piece and accidentally releasing one of the greatest action fantasy films of all time. Five stars. Be careful what you wish for, punks. <laughs> He's not wrong. Like Universal again, the epitome of a company that just will at one point embrace horror and come out with shit like Cocaine Bear and then quickly say, We're not making the Universal movies horror because horror doesn't make money. They're so flip and flop, and they're like, Hey, look, we know you did the Evil Dead films and they were kind of successful, but we totally don't want to embrace that one. But can we do something different? Can we just bury those two? How's that sound? Wish Raimi had been like, well, uh, I mean, you could go fuck yourself. We could do that. You can go medieval dead on your ass. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Perfect. He keeps trying to sell that title to them the whole time. It's a great title. I feel like you shouldn't need to sell that. That's such a perfect title for what this movie is. I would, dude, if I was thinking, I'd be like, yep, that's the title. That is the fucking title. Oh, unbelievable. Well, that's what's in the box. It's a beloved film. People have had it for years. They will have it forever. This is one of those films that I feel like will be, you know, a cult favorite till the end of time. Yeah, I don't think, look, this franchise itself, like, has endured since 1981. I mean, you know, looking at, you know, I don't know how many people really pay attention to the box office. Not that, like, I, well, I put stock into it when I, if it's a movie I like and I, and I want a sequel. So, all you fuckers sure gone, gone and seen Renfield when he came out over the weekend. But that's besides the point now, isn't it? Y'all let it flop. Nick Cage is apparently never getting his fucking time back in the mainstream spotlight. Fuck all of you. On Barrel Weight and Renfield, not holding any grudges. Um, But, you know, this is a franchise that has, you know, based off the recent movie, right? Evil Dead Rise. It's already profitable. Like it, it was like a twenty million budget. It's already made like forty in in one weekend alone. Um, this franchise is not going anywhere. Like this is a dedicated, dedicated fan base that has clearly done to for people who grew up with these original set of films have had children. They've gotten their children into it, and so on and so forth. And it, yeah, this this obviously Armored Darkness is a part of that. It will live on forever. It will continue to be a beloved part of the series but this franchise as a whole i don't see ever going away i think when it comes to to horror and honestly i argue may, just cinema in general because there's plenty of people that aren't horror fans that know what evil dead is this franchise will endure and continue on for years long past the you know the unfortunate day that the original creators are no longer with us damn straight this is a hell of a legacy and that's it you know this movie the legacy is what matters mm. Uh, so before we sign off, let's rank all five films of this franchise. Uh, worst to best, worst being just the least of the best. I don't want to say worst film because there are no, there's no worst film here. It's five really good movies. So the least of the best. I don't know. Number five. <laughs> that was not one of our finer moments right there. <laughs> I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be rude. Yeah, no, look, with this ranking, this was tough because it's like non-wake over again where, like, I like all of these films. Like, nothing dips even remotely 
below an eight. You know what I mean? Like nothing dips below that in this franchise. Um, and on that note, my number five is the film at hand, Army of Darkness, actually. Really? Yeah. Ouch. Damn. Again, hey, calm down. Again, you like you like the blood more than you like the laughs. I got you. Yeah, and that's pretty what I'm out. So he's like, I still have such a good time with this moment. I do really enjoy watching this movie. But yeah, I'm I'm much more of the um either the Evil Dead 2 hybrid of of the horror and the comedy or the straight up going for it, like a, the more recent installments. Um there's been my my cup of tea with that. Like I so said, there's still a lot to like about this film. Yeah. Okay. Um my number five is Evil Dead Rise. Wow, the new kid on the block. Well, I just I've only seen it one time. Like earlier today, I, I don't really ha- I don't know m- enough to, you know, really judge it long term. It's it's been, you know, it's the only one I've seen one time. So I'm going to before I you know decide my full feelings about this one, it's just going to be in the back here. OK, but put that because that's actually my number four is the new count block. Evil Dead Rise. Um like you, I saw it Thursday night. It's opening night. Um, I had a really good time with it. I do, I, you know, there were some, you know, and I, I, I blame more of the the stupid always happens pre release hype of like it's the greatest thing ever made. Blah, 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 blah. Like Jesus Christ, people! Every single movie gets that same hype. It's it's lost it, all. <laughs> yeah, it, it loses its meaning after a while. Um, Every movie can't be the scariest movie ever made. So stop saying. <laughs> Yeah, please, especially because it's it's only April. Um, I had a lot of fun with this. You know, I was it my you know did I want maybe just a bit more? Yeah, I I I'm I think I do agree with some people that I want a bit more. But with that, I had a really good time with this new one. Um, the leads were great. The whole sister dynamic that was really good. Alyssa Sutherland, I know she was been getting a lot of praise and rightly so. She did really good as the um. As the dead eye, that's not spoiling anything. It's in the fucking trailers, but like she had a lot of great scenes from like the you know scenes where the any meeny miny mo and her stuff at the door when she's trying to convince her daughter to open it. Like she was knocking it out of the park. Her physical this. acting alone, good lord. <laughs> yeah, like look, even if you fucking hate this film, this new one, like do not talk about it. Like she was phenomenal. In this movie, so there's a lot of good things I liked about it. You know, I thought it was a lot of fun. Again, it definitely with I liked a lot of the references. I like that it seems like we're now actually kind of building towards like further installments that won't take a decade to come out, based off like events in this film and comments made by creatives and interviews and stuff. So it's a very exciting. It's a fun entry that looks like it's going to lead to a very exciting future for us Evil Dead fans. That's true. That is true. I. I like the the foundation they've laid for a new spin on the Necronomicon and what it can do. Yes. Um, where are we? My number four? Yes, your number four. My number four is the 2013 remake. Really? That one? I have that one much higher. I like it, but it's hard for me to accept a remake as better than the original. I mean, you really got to blow my balls off to quote a recent episode. <laughs> <laughs> to really. <laughs> uh, 
I'm talking like the fly, the thing. Like I need to, it's got to basically like replace the original. And I, I like the Evil Dead remake, but it, it didn't do that. It's a good one. It's a solid reimagining. It's freaky. It's bloody. It's gory. It's vicious. It's unforgiving. The performances are fantastic. Your balls were still intact, though. They were. They're, they were. It's been a while since my balls got blown off. Which is good, because that's a painful reattachment surgery, and I don't want to go through it again. Yours just don't grow back? No, regrettably. No. I'm not like Tony Shalhoub and Men in Black. I got to go see a HMO. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that might be my favorite thing we've done yet on this entire run of the show. Just <laughs> Oh, God. That person was a genius. That was. Genius that was oh, they were great. Um, so, yeah, oh. the remake, I don't have a problem with it. I like, you know, the, the characters. Mia, I think, is a good protagonist to root for. You know, some a flawed person with problems who steps up and has to pull her fucking hand off. <laughs> oh, that part was brutal. <laughs> oh, God. That part was metal. That was metal. That part fucked. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my number four. But, again, no bad movies here. Yeah. Uh, my number three is... The OG, 1981's The Evil Dead. Um, i personally a big fan of this. I think, you know, it still holds up for the most part. Yes, I do think some stuff is obviously kind of like, obviously time has made it corny, if you will. You know, that's just natural with any of these films. Um, but what they were trying to achieve with this and what they pulled off on such a small budget and really small crew, there's not a lot of people that worked on this original one, um, is nothing short of amazing. Um and it's it's always a fun film to watch. Uh, I I will say I do tend to kind of watch it myself for people I know that like it because you know some people nowadays it's like you try to put this thing on they're like it's too it's corny it's tame blah blah I'm like okay you're ruining the fun for me. Um, are you hanging out with those people? No, I stopped hanging out with them after that. Um, I remember one guy. It was when the the remake was coming out. When I was in college, and he's like, "Oh, you have the original? I, I you know I own all of them." He's like, I want to watch them from the new one. I was like, well, come on, we'll watch them. And he spent about five, ten minutes going on about like how when Bruce Campbell shoots out the fucking window with the shotgun, how it wouldn't actually blow out like that. I'm like, I don't give a shit, man. I'm like, you're watching a movie where demons are possessing people. That was made for like whatever Sam Raimi had in his pocket at the time. Yeah, I'm like, and how the fuck do you know? Because this is a low-budget film. I guarantee you they fucking shot the shit out of that window. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, yeah, that's such a weird. I don't, I don't like nitpickers who just like to argue. I mean, whenever I nitpick, it evolves into a conversation because that's what we do here. Yeah, but when people are just like complaining for the sake of complaining, like you could just go away. I don't need you. Yeah, it's like, I, and sure enough, as soon as the movie ended, instead of watching two and three, he's like, "All right, I'm just gonna go now." He didn't even bother to finish. I was like, "Whatever." Yeah, bye, Felicia. Jeez. Yeah. Um. My number three is also the original Evil Dead. Um, I and you're right, you know, it hasn't aged particularly well, but you know, what movie made on like 350 bucks in 1981 is gonna age amazingly well? Yeah. Uh, a, good, a good chunk of the effects still hold up too, in my opinion. I agree. The claymation stuff, especially, that still looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, like we talked about earlier, the pencil and the ankle that that still looks real. God. It, it hurts me still every time. <laughs> And it's it's a fun movie. It's entertaining. It's cool. I just think Raimi has uh, 
with a budget and with a more clear vision, uh, he has surpassed it. Oh, yeah. 100%. And actually, on that note, that leads to my number two, which I do think was the film that surpassed my personal like gold standard with this, the original trilogy is for me, and that is Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. This film makes takes the horror elements that worked so well in the first film and mixes it with Raimi's sense of humor and you know he's very into like the three stooges and things like that that over the top physical comedy and um and zaniness and meshes it so well together to create one of the most entertaining fucking movies like when it comes to the and thankfully because they had to rec- they got essentially like you know recreate the opening uh, you know the original film like the first five minutes it's one of those that like if i ever want to find one to put on to show people like have a good time with i'm going to pick evil dead too um so many great moments from like you know like so the scene where he's just like laughing as the all the and objects in the house are laughing at him and i love the part when he, like he stops and then he just like starts laughing again the whole house joins him you know him cutting his hand off Getting the chainsaw on the you know the famous line groovy. And uh this film was just so much fucking fun. Um and then obviously I loved I just loved randomly go around and be like Bobby Joe because god damn does he just not shut up yelling that name? <laughs> um yeah, this when it when it comes to like if you're if you ask me, you know. Of the original trilogy, what's your favorite? I will without a doubt tell you Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. It's so much goddamn fun. There was a, a video game made in, I think, 2005, 2006 called Evil Dead Regeneration on the PlayStation 2. And the opening level is Evil Dead 2. And it recreates the everything laughing in the cabin scene. And you have to shoot everything to shut it up. God. <laughs> and it's great. It's great. It's Oh, it's great. Um. Yeah, number two is for me is also Evil Dead 2. This movie's just great. It's fun. It's I agree it is the gold standard for what Evil Dead can be. And it's just so wacky. We're basically like I love for most of it until there's other people in the movie. We're basically watching Ash lose his goddamn mind <laughs> until other people show up and they're like, oh, this crazy dude with a chainsaw didn't kill everybody here. It's the monsters. Uh, the whole thing with Henrietta is so great. I it's it's awesome. It's 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 really cool. It's a great sequel slash reimagining. And uh yeah, I agree. It is the one I'd go to to introduce somebody to Evil Dead who can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. It's because to me it's just, it's a barometer, right? Like at that point I look at them like, do you want to keep going more comedy or more horror? So do we want to go backwards and watch the original? Or do we want to go more into the comedy route and sit through Army of Darkness? You know, it's it's a barometer for where you want to go with this franchise. I just, Evil Dead 2 is, it is, you know, we talk, you know, talks of sequels is always something, right? Sequels are never as good as the original. And I would argue that Evil Dead 2 is one of those rare sequels that outshines the original. Oh, you're completely right. Definitely. Cool. Well, you're number one. I am shocked. Yeah, my number one's the 2013 Evil Dead. Um, I fucking adore this one so much um it is what i want evil dead to be uh without naming names um there's some people i i know that for some reason keep saying this doesn't feel like an evil dead film which i'm like how it's produced by the evil dead guys and feels exactly like an evil dead film if you watch the original film um so no offense 
come at me in the group chat later. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I fucking love everything about this film. And that, you know, I was, I was like, a lot of those headsets. I was like, oh, you're doing this without people's camera. Like, oh, are you fucking serious? Like, but then I saw that red band trailer. I'll never forget the day I saw that red band trailer. I think I showed you. I think I texted you. I was like, dude, you got to check this shit out. I think you like came over it with like a computer in your hands. And we're like, you got to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I remember how insanely excited you were about that. Yeah. That red band made me go, I have to see this like ASAP. Um, and yeah, I went there. It was a Thursday or Friday night, you know, opening weekend night with a full fucking pack theater. And God, what a good time we were having with just the insanity getting brought onto the screen and just the gallons and gallons of blood that just never stopped. It literally rains blood like the Slayer song at the end of this movie. <laughs> and it's fucking bad shit, great. And I loved every fucking second of it. And, you know, I picked up immediately when it came out, watched it on thinking like, okay, man, it was just a theater. No, I loved watching it on my own at the theater i now own you know again through screen factory i got a 4k of it that includes the unread cut as well um this movie is just so good i will on un- unashamedly people ask like hey out of the entire franchise what's your favorite i'll be like 2013's evil dead i've gone back to it the most no disrespect to bruce cameron same Raimi. i just i love what they did with this movie so goddamn much that is high praise i was not expecting that uh makes sense though it is the goriest one it's the most unforgiving one the most uncompromising one and just you know has some horrific moments um i get it when she like all the the fucking the the box cutter to the tongue oh my god now kiss me bitch and like just fucking grabs her i'm like shit dude (laughs) oh yeah it's been a minute since i watched the the remake Hmm. Um, my number one's Army Darkness. No surprise there. It's it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite movies. It's the film that introduced me to the franchise and kept me here. I I love it. It's one of my favorite comedies, one of my favorite horror movies. Uh yeah, this was never gonna be a there was no contest for me. Mm. No, it makes sense. Like I said, it it's tough. So people are like I'm I'm glad, like, in a way, we don't have a huge audience. God bless people come at me for this fucking ranking. When it's like, look, this isn't even like a, I, my, my bottom is like, I won't ever watch it. You know, this isn't like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre ranking or, you know, any or, and I'm saying this is a huge fan of that franchise in general. With this one, I can go back to any of these easy. Like, I'm never going to be like, oh, you want to watch Army of Darkness? Like, yeah, okay, I'll put it on. Oh, you want to watch Dead by Dawn? Okay, sweet. Oh, you want to watch Riot? You know, like, Oh, you want to fucking binge Ash vs. Evil Dead? Sweet, let's do it. Like, I, not a single entry in this. I hate. It's just, it's like, like we did when we did John Wick. There's, it's just like, okay, which one do I tend to go back to the most? It's really what it kind of amounted to. I mean, I was like, which one have I gone back to the most? I would love if we had like an international audience of people would be like, fuck you. No, fuck dude, you. the it's amount of, yeah. the amount of hate I would immediately get for daring to put one that doesn't have Bruce Campbell. As my number one. I would love. I, I want to have that kind of discourse so I can like just completely ignore it. I would. I'd be like, okay, well, come at me. I don't care. <laughs> I'd be on the next episode. I'd be like, I guess no one had anything to say. I mean, 
<laughs> I didn't know you guys didn't care about Evil Dead at all. Interesting. Just fuel the fire. I want at least two people to have like, you know, small aneurysms. <laughs> just like, ah, just completely pissed off. All right. How dare you pick me up? Oh my god. <laughs> all right, let's, let's recap. A lot more made without him in the roles now. Okay, so let's all just calm the fuck down. That's true. Huh. Read his books, play the games, rewatch the movies. Plenty of BC around. It's not like he's retiring as an actor. Go watch Bubba Hotep. Go watch Maniac Cop. He's been around for a while. Oh yeah, Dan, you burners fans out there, get that show. He's an Spider Man. X Files. Go watch Spider Man. Spider Man. But I feel the X Files episode. But he's an, he's a character in X Files episode. Season six, Terms of Endearment. He plays the devil. It's fucking great. Thank you. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. We love them here. So let's recap our lists. You start. All right. My number five, Army of Darkness. Number four, The New Kid on the Block, Evil Dead Rise. Three, OG, Evil Dead. Two, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. And one, the, the controversial number one pick, 2013's Evil Dead. <laughs> nice. Mine is uh, number five, Evil Dead Rise. Number four, the Evil Dead remake. Number three, the original Evil Dead. Number two, Evil Dead 2. Number three, I mean, number one. Sorry, it's listed as three here. Number one, Army of Darkness. Beautiful. No, nobody's wrong here. Yeah. Also, in case anyone does try to come at me, keep this in mind. I'm 30 years old. I was born in 92. So for me, when you, you know, we've talked about before, I love the 2000s decade of uncompromising, brutal, in-your-face horror. So yes, if you know me, it makes sense why I like this 2013 one so much. It is brutal, it's uncompromising, and I for me that's fun. I don't know why. It's how my brain's wired. Those kind of movies are fun for me. Yeah. And even if you did, you know, if you love if you committed the horrible sin of picking for, to top your list of one of the ones that does not have Bruce Campbell in it, keep this in mind. At the end of the day, for the even for those ones, Campbell and Ramey collected quite a fat check. So it's yes. not like they weren't involved. So they were actively it. involved. Hence why when I I won't name names. When people are trying to say, like, 2013 doesn't feel like an Evil Dead film, like, how when all three of the Evil Dead creators were involved with it every step we of the way? We got a book of the dead. We got a cast of disposable teenagers. We got a cabin in the woods. We got chainsaws. We got blood. We got boomstick. We got tree rape. What more could you want? Yeah, I was like, whatever. Like, I'm sorry. When the original three creators were involved, that, no. That just, I, I don't accept that statement whatsoever. And Bruce Campbell is in that one. Don't forget that. Yeah. Well, actually, you gotta watch past the post credits, but he's in it. And it is fucking just groovy. And then just looking at the camera, it's exactly the amount I needed. Just yeah. A, just a dash of Campbell. Yeah. So he's in it. <laughs> this was a blast. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or send us a message through the socials. Check out our Letterboxd accounts for daily reviews. You can search for me at Connor95, and in my friends list, you can find the rest of the team. Check out the website, filmgasm.com, where I have a link to that letterbox. If you want to read reviews, you can also find articles, trailers of upcoming films, and every episode of our show. If you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm Productions, feel free to click on the link in the episode description. From there, click on support this podcast. You can choose to donate a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month. All donations go right back into the show. We really appreciate it. 
Thanks to the entire Filmgasm team for their constant friendship and contributions to the show. Thanks to Cooley Cow for our awesome theme music. And thanks to you for checking the show out. If you ever stumble onto an ancient book in a cabin in the woods, don't read from it, or you may end up a prophesized hero in the year 1300 AD trying to save a kingdom from the scourge of the dead. Take it easy, keep watching movies, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.